Before we get to that, what is the best way to build trust? So I believe, um, and I think people maybe can say different, but I believe that everything starts and ends from people. So basically, the the message is people, people, people. This podcast is powered by iomops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with iomops.io dedicated DevOps team. Check out www.iomops.io and get a DevOps team now. Welcome to our series entitled The IM Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the I Am Podcast. I am Araya, your host, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with the co-founder and CEO at Wiser.ai, Raz Ronen. Hello, Raz. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Perfect. How about you? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here to take part of this amazing uh, show and podcast. Um, in my side, everything is great. We're in Tel Aviv. You can see the sun behind me. So everything is Perfect. amazing. Amazing, amazing. And we are excited. And first, we'd love to know you a bit more. So please share with our dear listeners your personal background. How did you get into entrepreneurship, startups? So, so I, I will do it, uh, um, but I don't think you can go into entrepreneurship. I think entrepreneurship is something that is part of you. Um, and I will start from the beginning. So I'm from Israel. I'm born and raised in Israel. Um, I'm 30 years old, originally grew up in, in the north of Israel in a really small village of eight people and a horse farm. So it's a really unique place and uh, not people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up far away from the tech industry and in general from even internet connection. Um, and then I joined the Israeli IDF, the army. I served almost 10 years in the Israeli Commando Air Force. Um, and then I finished my service and I thought, okay, what I can do and what I want to do. And I felt naturally that entrepreneurship and build companies is what I need to do. It's my purpose in this world. Um, and then I thought what to do and I went to something that I have experience in is the transportation industry. I have a lot of experience in, uh, in general in vehicles and in transportation, smart cities and, and this uh, ecosystem. So I established my first startup uh, during uh, my, my degree, during a student. After a year and a half of building product, building team, raising a bit money, you know, work in Israel a few months in the US, um, the Corona came and our industry is completely changed. We work in the micro mobility industry. So basically we came with the vision of combining between autonomous vehicles, smart cities and e-scooters and bikes that are running in the mm-hmm. streets um, in order to prevent accidents and increase the level of safety during riding. Uh, and a few months after the corona, no one's really cared about safety because no one rides, everyone was in lockdown, um, and we decided to close the company. In the minute that that happened, two months after, I started the ideation at Wiser, and, uh, and our journey at Wiser began, and I will share, of course, much more detail. 
in a few minutes, but this in general about me. Um, what I'm loving, what I love to do besides working is uh, basically mm-hmm. everything that uh, related to extreme sports, um, from dirt biking to off-roading vehicles, uh, kite surfing, surfing, and etc. And also a small nice uh, fact that I uh, participate in the, the Ninja Warrior competition in the yeah. final last year. So uh, <laughs> this is another kind of uh, small thing about me. Wow, there's a lot of things happening about <laughs> you. But I love that you, you, know, you come from a village or like a town with eight people. And uh, I don't know, did you get that being adventurous there? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Right. And I saw that pitch, right, on on LinkedIn. So if you're going just for those who want to have like a quick view of what Wiser is, could you do that pitch again? Of course. So Wiser is a digital freight platform. We, just a second before, we work in the supply chain industry, right? So we helping freight forwarders to control, operate and move global cargo from one place to another in the world by sea, air, and land. Uh, and Wiser providing a digital freight platform that automates all the shipping process. You can imagine it kind of sky scanner and ways or move it into uh, one platform. Um, we are the only one that provide today a one-stop shop for moving B2B global cargo. Um, and it's what we do in a sentence, everything based on AI, of course. And How big is the problem in logistics and transportation first? So in logistic, logistic is a huge, basically the supply chain is control and a crucial part of our life. And each one of us, every day when he come in the morning and when he sleep at night on a bed or on a couch, or I don't know where, <laughs> this physical product came from somewhere to somewhere. And the ones that in charge of providing these logistic uh, services, of moving goods from one place to another, from factory to houses, from uh, port to port, are logistic companies. So it's affect all of us. In the last two years, of course, because the pandemic and the worldwide crisis, we experienced and we faced a lot of challenges in the supply chain industry. We had much more demand than supply, prices went high, traffic jam in the ports, and more and more and more. Um, and we experience a really uh, kind of a trans- transparency or transport of, of the industry in the last couple of months. Uh, we have more than 450,000 freight folders around the world. The big ones you all know, DHL, FedEx, UPS, Kunenagen, etc. And there are another 400,000 small to medium-sized companies that are in charge of mitigate between importer and exporters and the providers like shipping companies, airline companies and trucking. And we're sitting in the middle. We help this middleman to do his job much better, much faster and much cheaper to give both sides a better service and decrease the world prices um, in the end of the day. Yes, uh, talking about that, like you know, the back and forth, the booking, like uh, I'm kind of like a, a bit familiar with logistics here in the Philippines. Um, the booking problems, the freight pricing, the fuel costs, 
you know, inefficiencies. So, how do you make that fast and cheap? And uh, talk about wiser.ai. So, I think I think in general, people that are coming outside of the industry cannot even imagine what is the efforts that is take to even quote for a customer how much it will cost him to move twenty foot container from China to New York. It's not something that people can imagine, and I will describe in a second. Each importer are sending, in an average, to four freight forwarders a request for price for his container 20 foot from Ningbo to New York port. The freight forwarder don't have, for the majority of the cases, the prices in his own database. So he are approaching via mail or digital platform or digital website and trying to gather up and combine quotation basically and price. And this, everything is, manu- is, is uh, managed manually. And even just to quote a simple request can take between a couple of hours, a couple of days, and there will be between eight to 25 different people that will be and take part of this process. Yeah. And we need to remember that just 10% of the quotation, the request for shipments will be closed and will be operated. So it's a world of endless emails, endless requests, endless phone calls and and messages for really low margin, really low conversion rate. And uh, and in the end of the day, um, our customers and freight forwarders are losing a lot, a lot of deals. So this is uh, part of the problem. The other part is, is in the provider side where providers are changing costs, as you mentioned, fuel cost, local cost, and etc. every few days, something that a few months ago, a few years ago was really stable and prices will stay mm-hmm. for a month or a quarter or even for half a year. Um, and those two problems combine to a place that the market is really unstable this day and people need to put a lot of effort to quote, to handle shipment, to manage rate and to book spots on ship or airplanes. So, what techno- talk to us about your cutting edge technology? I saw in uh, like on your wind, uh, LinkedIn page the wind the wiser magic tool, right? So, could you share about about that? Yeah, I I, I share in a, in a glance. So, um, so the wiser magic happened where we know. To take a traditional company, a traditional freight forwarder with traditional employees, without any efforts, without the need of changing the workflow or their platforms, and automate all the processes. So how do we do that? We read their emails with an AI. We understand automatically from the emails what their customer wants and asks for. We generate it behind the scenes based on internal and external data and quote to the customer and close the deal in seconds compare hours or even days that people need to do a lot of manual work comparing typing calculating and etc so we are doing everything behind the scenes uh, with the, the routing with the, we have two basically major algorithms one of them is the routing and the other one is the pricing and we kind of combine a triangle of provider, price, and route. 
and basically where we can find better provider, better route and better price, we are succeeding to optimize and decrease prices in more than 20%, increase conversion rate in more than 25% and win more shipments basically for our customers and decrease the price story for importer and exporter. Amazing. Okay, you said you're the only one today, right? To automate the whole process. So I'm sorry, there were a lot of challenges, but what were the major ones? In general of building a startup these days or <laughs> specific in, in, in the supply chain industry? Okay, let's go to the basic of this, uh, the supply industry first. Okay, so the biggest challenges is to get a trust of a freight forwarder. To receive the, the supply chain basically built till these days on trust, on human communication. And to add on that layer, technology layer, it's something that you need to approve yourself. And you know, as is, is, is the first, the, the first, the second customer that join Wiser, they need to trust us as people. Because technology, you know, it's, it's not there yet and you need to improve things and not everything work 100%. Yeah. So you as a founder and, and as someone that lead the company or, or present the company every day should make the people in the other side trust you and know that the product will bring the value that you say that it will bring in the end of the day. And then what I need to do um, and, and, and all of our great team here should, you know, stand on the standards. If it's mean that we need to do things manually behind the scenes, or if mean that we uh, need to find any solution that needed to successfully do what we need to do. In our case is read emails as humans and understand exactly what customer needs and prepare it automatically. So this is one of the biggest challenges to gain this trust um, and to kind of, you know, push the first early adopters to start use the system. Wow, yes, the early adopters, the first ones who trusted wiser.ai. But okay, before we get to that, what is the best way to build trust? So I believe, um, and I think people maybe can say different, but I believe that everything starts and ends from people. So basically the, the mindset is people, people, people behind every chair, behind every screen, if people sit there and if you will have trust and have a good communication channel with this person, your success rate of converting from just a call to a satisfied customer is, is much bigger. Um, and this is uh, my belief of how to work with people, how to gain trust. Let's start from Zoom calls and continue to WhatsApp. It's more personal and it's end on face-to-face -face meetings uh, in conferences or in places that you can kind of, you know, gather a lot of customers in one place and not uh, fly all over the world for uh, for small mm. to medium customers. Exactly. Like I was just uh, speaking with uh, an investor on my previous episode and yeah, that's what he really spoke about. Like you have to build trust at the onset, even if you're not yet raising money uh, you know you go out there build a community communicate with co-founders or your competition if they're very kind okay so you and your team right you said it 
starts with people and ends with them. So, kindly talk to us about your team. You're 15 now, but how did you start? And did you also have that challenge of building, hiring? Yeah. Yeah, these days uh, in Israel, it's super hard to hire people. We are a startup nation and we have so many startups around us and we have a successful company with amazing uh, kind of compensations, um, yeah. etc. So it's hard to find the right people. But so we started, I think the, the first challenge is to find co-founders. You know, it's the infrastructure of the, of the soft side of the company. Um, it took me four and a half months to find the right founders and the right partners. After that, the first employee, um, it was a challenge to be the first employee of the company that you don't know what will be the future of this company. You need to take the mm-hmm. risk. So how we do that? Based on trust. How? You need to kind of, you know, harness them to the vision and let them believe that they will come every day, they will work much harder than a bigger company and they will smile in the end of the day. <laughs> we are trying to keep this smile on their faces. Um, this is one thing. Practically, what I'm looking for in small teams is to find the same mindset and culture. I think culture mm-hmm. and way of looking at life, it's, it's not just in terms of work, it's how we treat his, empl- his friends, how he kind of uh, grow his family, how he look at the money, you know, how he speaks. Um, and, and I think the combination between that and if you have the, the, the strong connection in the infrastructure, you can build mountains based on that. So yes, it's mm-hmm. hard to, to uh, hire the first employees uh, that when you don't have a lot of resources and, uh, and it's also built on trust. Mm, yes, like uh, startups really move fast and you have to go lean, right? So yeah. it's really hard to combine that too. But your co-founders, are they your friends or how did you get them? So my previous company was with friends. And one of the, by the way, one of the reasons that we decided to close the company was because we felt that it would be or the company or our friendship. I established the company with my best friend and I decided it's, it's more important because life, you know, it's a circle and, and it will come back to you in a day. Um, so I just look for people with the skill set, with the right skill set for the job, with the right experience and with the same culture as, as, as I have. And uh, based on those three things, of course, I did their debut test and I, by the way, something that I like to do, I like to go to their houses in the beginning, to their home, spend with them a few hours <laughs> or even a day and work with them in their own environment. And I think there you can see and analyze and, and feel things that you can discover like in a few months during working in the office. So this is something that I can recommend to people to do. That's too personal, like really going to their houses and working with them side by side. And really learning how they work? Not just how they work, how they act, how they live their life. Because co-founders are more than than even, you know, relationship at home. Like I have a girlfriend. I like marriage. It's like marriage. It's more than marriage. I spend with my co-founders much more than I spend with my girlfriend and my family. Much more. 
So I think it's it's a really important uh, point of view. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yes, because the success is like okay. You have to really be successful with that kind of relationship. Your team. You you keep mentioning about culture, right? So it starts yeah. with the founder, with the co-founders, and the team. What are your values in the team? So, transparency, open communication, and be a hard worker. I think those three can bring great success. Transparency, hard work, and open, open communication. communication. All the time, don't keep nothing in your guts. Just say what you feel, say what you need, say what's bothering you, and also know to give feedback and know to hear feedback. It's super important to be a person that know how to hear feedback and say, "Okay, I'm listening. I heard you." And I will do my best to improve it, and also say, "Hey, it's bothering me that you're doing that and that, and at least be be aware on that." Hmm. Okay. Uh, good thing you said that. I have one question about that. So, Ayal, like Ayal, uh, of course, we also work in a multicultural team. You as well, right? By the way, when did you start hiring your like um, team member from outside Israel? Um. Four months after we established the company. Oh, did you have any challenge? Like, are they? Because you said one important factor is trust. So, did that get in the way? So, um, the company that I work with in in Romania, um, the CEO there, he's one of the best friend of my co-founders. So I know him in advance. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bit scary because you know you're working with people that you never met, you don't know their culture, um, different languages, different time zones. But I think if you set up expectation before, and both sides know what they're getting into, what they're getting into, so I and you work, you know, we work on the relationship along the way, so it should be fine. Okay, and you said uh, you also said about uh, talked about giving feedback, and I learned that Israelis are like straightforward. Okay, I will say what I feel, like no holds barred. <laughs> how how does that impact working in a multicultural team? Have you ever got into trouble or what? It's a it's an amazing uh, question because because yes, yeah, sometimes people like I had experience with the, with an American guy to say, "Whoa, Ross, you like you're too straightforward," <laughs> like. Breathe for a second. I say, why? If I feel something, I just want to share it with you. It's not a bad thing. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I need to, I need coffee. Uh, so yes, it's a challenge. And I think as managers, we should, in general, as managers, you know, we have a lot of employees, and each one of them speak differently, receive messages differently, and you need to adapt yourself. Yeah. So as, as as the same, you need to adapt to different uh, mindset and culture. But you need to see that it's, it's uh, you know, you have the same interest in the end of the day. Mm, yes, you have one purpose. You you have one mission, vision in the company. Okay, what's one lesson you've learned that you would like everyone to know? I, I know you're young, like it's your second startup. Maybe from the first startup to this startup. So, what important lessons would you like to share? I think it's really important to listen to your gut feeling. 
I think God's feeling most of the time are right. And if you feel that something is not the right thing to do, and this is not the right person to work with, or not the right investor to work with, and by the way, investors, it's, it's, it's a complete um, kind of word itself, where when you take money from investor, it's more than marriage. Because you know, you can divorce, but from, from investor, you can never divorce till you sell the company <laughs> or close the company. So it's also important. This is on the soft side. On the practical side, I think what leads me is listen to your customer. Listen mm. to your customer. It will take your product to the right place and the, the chance to get the product market fit is much higher. Because in the end of the day, it's not important at all what I think, what my product thinks or what my developer thinks. It's important what my users and customers think because they will use the product, they will pay on the product, and they will enjoy the product. So listen to your customer from day one. It will probably minimize the time that you need to kind of rebuild your your product again. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I remember Ronen um, Tuto. Io. I'm not sure if you know him, but yeah, that's what he said. Sometimes you think you know very well your product, but no, you have mm-hmm. to really listen to the customers. They know better. Okay, so if they want to connect with you, how can they uh, reach you very quickly? Hey, customers? Oh, no. So if anyone listening to this has, you know, transportation, <laughs> logistics, booking, automation problem... How can they reach you? So, first of all, um, I'm always available on LinkedIn. Uh, on They can send me an email um, and I can share also my phone number. I believe that, you know, need to be really communicative and be uh, available. Um, so, you can just send us or in the website or in LinkedIn. Um, I can also leave my email and I will be happy to answer, meet and speak with anyone that... Uh, that want to meet us. No problem. So our website is www.wisor.ai and my personal email is raz, R-A-Z, strudel, wisor, W-I-S-O-R, dot A-I. Yeah, and you can also connect with him on LinkedIn. That's how I connected with him and he answered very fast to other listeners. Okay, <laughs> last question. Since you are on the I Am podcast, so if you say I am Raz, your blank founder, what do you want to add up to your name? How do you want to be known for? So, I think... I think I will go to something uh, that's not related to a uh, professional. I, I, I will call myself a ninjapreneur. Ninjapreneur? Uh, first time? What? Why? Yeah. Why? Because my passion is ninja and, and I love sports <laughs> and it's one of the, the competitions I have. And I think to, to be an entrepreneur, you need to be a ninja. And need to, you know, to just stick on what you need, success and break walls and, and get inside windows that you shouldn't get inside and you need to be a ninja. To manage this world, so, uh, ninja penula. I, I will take this uh, phrase. Okay, I remember like uh, you know what's famous here, like teenage mutant ninja turtle. Like they're always like fighting and very moving very. No, 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 no fighting, no fighting. No they fighting. Take the good things. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Raz. Thank you, thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> this podcast is powered by iomops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with iomops.io dedicated DevOps team. Check out www.iomops.io and get a DevOps team now.